Welcome to the Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care podcast. Why does this topic matter? One person in the United States dies from a drug overdose every six minutes. We as healthcare providers must do better to treat addiction, prevent overdoses, and improve the lives of our patients and their families. This podcast is designed to provide you with simple and evidence-based information on substance use disorders that you can use to take better care of your patients on your next shift. Greetings all. I am pleased to have you join me for another episode of Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care. This is Dr. Casey Grover joining you once again for another episode. Today's topic is on buprenorphine, namely an overview of all of the different formulations of buprenorphine. This topic has been on my list since I started the podcast. What is Belbuca? What about Zubsolve? And why is sublingual buprenorphine dosed in milligrams while transdermal is dosed in micrograms? I've been looking for a paper on this topic for quite a while and hadn't found one up until last month. Thank goodness one was finally published. The article is entitled, Buprenorphine and Its Formulations, A Comprehensive Review. The lead author is Salomon Poliwata, and the article was published in the journal Health Psychology Research in 2022. Let's dig in. The article begins with some basic background information on buprenorphine. Buprenorphine first hit the market in the United States in 1985 as a Schedule 5 analgesic. It was reclassified as a Schedule 3 drug in 2002 and was first made available as a treatment for opiate use disorder in 2000 as a part of the Drug Addiction Treatment Act. This introduction moves on to some of the unique pharmacology of buprenorphine, and I will hit the high points here. Buprenorphine binds to all three major opioid receptors, mu, kappa, and delta. Buprenorphine is a partial agonist at mu receptors, an inverse agonist at kappa receptors, and an antagonist at delta receptors. Oral bioavailability is only 10 to 15% as there is a significant first-pass metabolism, which is why it is used sublingually and buccally. And with that, the authors move on to discuss the specific formulations of buprenorphine. First on their list is injectable buprenorphine. The brand name for this medication is Buprenex, and it can be given IV or IM. The dosing is 0.3 milligrams IV or 0.3 to 0.6 milligrams IM. Peak plasma concentrations occur at about 5 to 15 minutes and it can last up to 6 hours or longer. It is most commonly used for pain and is comparable in its pain relieving effects to other opioids. Time to onset obviously is going to be slower when given IM as compared to IV. Next up is transdermal buprenorphine. The brand name for this medication is Butrans. This formulation is FDA approved for chronic pain, but 
At my shop, we do use it off-label for opiate use disorder and opiate dependence. Patches are available in several different strengths, 5 micrograms per hour, 7.5 micrograms per hour, 10 micrograms per hour, 15 micrograms per hour, and 20 micrograms per hour. Studies have demonstrated that it is very effective for chronic pain, particularly in patients who need help getting pain relief that lasts 24 hours a day. Each patch lasts 7 days, and when a new patch is applied, the site of application should be rotated so that no site is used more than once in a 4-week period. Up next, we have the Buckle Film formulation. The brand name for this is Belbuca. This formulation is approved for chronic pain. Films are available in the following strengths, 75 micrograms, 150 micrograms, 300 micrograms, 450 micrograms, 600 micrograms, 750 micrograms, and 900 micrograms. Films are dosed buccally every 12 hours. Now you might be wondering why sublingual bup is dosed in milligrams and buccal bup is dosed in micrograms, and that's because buccal buprenorphine has a higher bioavailability than sublingual buprenorphine. Interestingly also, the buccal formulation of buprenorphine has a lower rate of constipation than other formulations. Moving on, the next formulation is subcutaneous extended release buprenorphine. The brand name for this formulation is Sublicade. This formulation is for opiate use disorder and can be used in patients who have already been on another buprenorphine product for at least seven days. Patients are started on a dose of 300 milligrams given once monthly. Patients are given 300 milligrams for the first two months and then the dose is dropped to 100 milligrams monthly starting in the third month. Some patients, when the dose is dropped to 100 milligrams, may experience some withdrawal symptoms and those patients may have to go back up to 300 milligrams monthly. This formulation provides prolonged therapeutic levels of buprenorphine so that daily compliance with medication is not needed. Interestingly, despite being given once monthly, buprenorphine levels are detectable up to eight weeks after an injection. A few other notes on Sublicade. Patients who feel stigma going to a pharmacy to pick up their medication may like this option as the injection is given once monthly in the office. And, as I briefly just mentioned, compliance with this formulation is excellent as it's given once monthly in the office rather than patients having to take doses daily or multiple times per day. Continuing on in the article, next we come to the buprenorphine subdermal implant. The brand name for this medication is Probufine. Probufine is a subdermal implant. There are usually four or five small implant rods that are placed under the skin of the inner upper arm. Each implant delivers a small amount of buprenorphine to the patient daily, providing a dose comparable to up to 8 milligrams of sublingual buprenorphine daily. In some patients, additional implant rods need to be placed to provide the patient with an adequate dose of buprenorphine. The implants are placed in the office and remain in place for six months. Steady state concentrations of buprenorphine are reached in about four weeks after implant placement. This formulation is for opiate use disorder and 
Like Sublocade, the goal is to be able to provide patients with continuous dosing of buprenorphine without patients having to worry about taking daily doses or multiple doses per day. Unfortunately, probufine was discontinued in the U.S. in 2020, with the manufacturer citing multiple business-related issues coming from COVID. Moving on. The next formulation discussed in the article is sublingual buprenorphine. The brand name for this formulation is Subutex. This formulation is used for the treatment of opiate use disorder. It comes in 2 milligram and 8 milligram tablets. According to the article, sublingual buprenorphine can be used for the treatment of opiate use disorder in patients who are intolerant of buprenorphine when it's combined with naloxone. And as a side note, we'll talk about the combo product of bup plus naloxone next. To quote the authors, quote, Subutex is a viable option for maintenance in those patients who cannot tolerate naloxone, end quote. The authors recommend a daily dose of between 4 mg and 24 mg sublingually, depending on the individual patient need. The authors conclude the article with a review of combined buprenorphine naloxone formulations. Before they discuss any specific formulations, they provide some information about the combined buprenorphine naloxone products. They note that the brand name product Subutex, which, to review, is sublingual buprenorphine, has been discontinued due to concerns about misuse. Generic sublingual buprenorphine, however, is still available. Reckitt Benkisser Pharmaceuticals was the manufacturer of Subutex, and they chose to discontinue Subutex as a result of concerns about people crushing, snorting, and or injecting the buprenorphine tablets. Because of these concerns, pharmaceutical companies began adding naloxone to sublingual buprenorphine formulations as a deterrent to misuse. Naloxone is very poorly absorbed by the GI tract, so oral or sublingual naloxone has essentially no effect on the user. However, naloxone, when snorted or injected, will block the effects of any opioids and will induce withdrawal in a patient who is dependent on opioids. So the addition of naloxone, again, is a deterrent to misuse. And this brings us to the last two formulations of buprenorphine, both of which are sublingual. There is suboxone, which is buprenorphine and naloxone at a ratio of 4 to 1, and there is zubzolve, which is also buprenorphine and naloxone at a ratio of 4 to 1, but it is a rapidly dissolving tablet which is better absorbed, and so the dosing is different. Unfortunately, the article doesn't go into much detail about the differences of these two formulations, so we're going to have to take a detour to up-to-date to check out the drug information for the buprenorphine-naloxone combination products. So, let's start with Suboxone. It's available in the following formulations. First, we have a film formulation, and it comes as both brand name and generic. Here are the following available dosages. 2 slash 0.5, which is 2 milligrams of bup and 0.5 milligrams of naloxone. 4 slash 1, which is 4 milligrams of bup and 1 milligram of naloxone. 8 slash 2, which is 8 milligrams of bup and 2 milligrams of naloxone. And 12 slash 3, which is 12 milligrams of bup and 3 milligrams of naloxone. 
the film is available as the brand name product Suboxone and also as a generic, and the film is a small rectangular strip which is dissolved under the tongue almost like a Listerine breath strip. It is also available as a tablet, which is generic, and here are the available dosages, 2 slash 0.5, which is 2 milligrams of bup and 0.5 milligrams of naloxone, and 8 slash 2, which is 8 milligrams of bup and 2 milligrams of naloxone. And what I like about these formulations is that they are interchangeable with the Subutex, which is again, the sublingual buprenorphine monoproduct. Suboxone H-2 is the same as Subutex 8. Or with generic meds, buprenorphine naloxone 8-2 is the same as buprenorphine 8. Now, on to Zubzolve. Zubzolve is a brand name rapidly dissolving tablet which contains buprenorphine and naloxone. Because it is rapidly absorbed, the dosing is different. Zubzolve comes in the following formulations. 0.7-0.18, which is 0.7 milligrams of bup and 0.18 milligrams of naloxone, 1.4 slash 0.36, which is 1.4 milligrams of bup and 0.36 milligrams of naloxone, 2.9 slash 0.71, which is 2.9 milligrams of buprenorphine and 0.71 milligrams of naloxone, 5.7 slash 1.4, which is 5.7 milligrams of bup and 1.4 milligrams of naloxone, 8.6 slash 2.1, which is 8.6 milligrams of buprenorphine and 2.1 milligrams of naloxone, and 11.4 slash 2.9, which is 11.4 milligrams of buprenorphine and 2.9 milligrams of naloxone. Now, if you're like me, you're thinking, now what do I do with these weird doses with decimals? Well, fortunately, the up-to-date article has more answers. So, 8 milligrams of regular sublingual buprenorphine either the mono product or with two milligrams of naloxone as the combo product is equivalent to Zubzolve, which is the rapidly dissolving tablet, at the 5.7 slash 1.4 dose. Eight divided by 5.7 is 1.4. So to convert between sublingual buprenorphine and Zubzolve, multiply the dose of buprenorphine in Zubzolve by 1.4 to get the equivalent sublingual buprenorphine or buprenorphine naloxone dose. Pretty simple, actually. Now, while UpToDate was super helpful in getting me some answers here, it also raised some additional questions. UpToDate noted that there was another formulation of buprenorphine combined with naloxone called Bunavale. UpToDate noted that this formulation has been discontinued in the United States, but just to be complete, let's take a look. Bunavale is a buccal film that contains both buprenorphine and naloxone. Dosing is a bit of a moot point as it is off the market in the United States, but Bunavale buckle films were available in the following doses. 2.1 slash 0.3, which is 2.1 milligrams of buprenorphine and 0.3 milligrams of naloxone. 4.2 slash 0.7, which is 4.2 milligrams of buprenorphine and 0.7 milligrams of naloxone. And 6.3 slash 1, which is 6.3 milligrams of buprenorphine and one milligram of naloxone. Once again, if you're like me, you're thinking, what do I do with these weird doses? Eight milligrams of regular sublingual buprenorphine, again, either the mono product or with two milligrams of naloxone as the combo product, 
is equivalent to Bunavale at the 4.2 slash 0.7 dose. 8 divided by 4.2 is 1.9. So, to convert between the sublingual buprenorphine and Bunavale, multiply the dose of buprenorphine in Bunavale by 1.9 to get the equivalent sublingual bup or buprenorphine naloxone dose. So, just because I went through a lot of numbers and calculations, let me make this simple. Buprenorphine can be given sublingually as a film or a tablet. The most common dose is 8 mg sublingual of the monoproduct buprenorphine or 8-2 sublingual of the combination product of buprenorphine naloxone. Zubzolve is a rapidly dissolving tablet and the 5.7-1.4 dose of Zubzolve is equivalent to 8 of sublingual bup or 8-2 of the sublingual bup plus naloxone. Bunavale is a buccal film, and the 4.2-0.7 dose of Bunavale is equivalent to 8 mg of sublingual bup or 8-2 of the sublingual bup plus naloxone combination product. And unfortunately, as a reminder, it's off the market in the U.S. I actually wanted to give credit for the up-to-date article for all that great information, but they don't actually list an author. So, thank you to the up-to-date article on buprenorphine for all of that information. Now, let's return to the article by Polywada et al. They end with a few quick points. First, buprenorphine and serotonin syndrome. Basically, they note that buprenorphine can cause serotonin syndrome if combined with other serotonergic drugs. Second, given the mechanism of action of buprenorphine as a mixed opioid agonist antagonist, it can actually be used to reverse an opioid overdose and the authors actually note it might be more pleasant for the patient experiencing an overdose as compared to naloxone. The authors note that if naloxone is not available, buprenorphine could be used to reverse an opioid overdose. The authors recommend placing a buprenorphine film under the tongue of a patient experiencing an opioid overdose while EMS is on the way. And since buprenorphine is a mixed opioid agonist antagonist, patients actually might experience less opioid withdrawal while they are being rescued from their opioid overdose. And that is the end of the article. Now, just to be clear, naloxone is the standard of care for the treatment of opioid overdose. However, I do agree with the authors that buprenorphine could be used to reverse an opioid overdose when naloxone is not available. Now, before we finish, I have a little bit of anecdote from my practice on the topic of sublingual buprenorphine that I wanted to share specifically the difference between films and tablets. Both must be taken sublingually and patients must wait until the dose is fully absorbed under the tongue to get the full dose. Some patients like the films better because they are absorbed more quickly. Some patients also have a preference for the taste of one formulation over another. So when talking to patients about sublingual buprenorphine, ask them about their previous experience with sublingual buprenorphine and ask them if they have a preference between the films and tablets. My anecdotal experience is that patients like films better because they absorb faster, so films are what I usually recommend to patients. Okay, we're almost done. I had one last question. Now, we've discussed how to convert between the different formulations of sublingual buprenorphine buprenorphine, suboxone, and zubzolve. We talked about the conversion factor between zubzolve and sublingual buprenorphine, as well as the conversion factor for Bunavale. 
But what if I want to go between butrans and sublingual bup or injectable buprenorphine and sublingual buprenorphine? Unfortunately, the article by Poliwada and all did not cover this, and I couldn't find much on PubMed. I did find one study from the journal Pain Medicine in 2018 that looked at converting between transdermal buprenorphine and buccal buprenorphine, but that only looked at two of the nine formulations that we have discussed on this episode. So, I went to a general internet search, and I kept hoping to find an article or a table that just laid out how to convert between each of the formulations, but I really couldn't find much. For each brand name drug, however, the manufacturer website does have dosing instructions. For example, the Butrans website lays out how to start Butrans based on the total daily dose of morphine. But that, again, doesn't really help me go from sublingual buprenorphine to transdermal buprenorphine. So I finally reached out to a local expert for his input, and this is someone who has been practicing addiction medicine for almost as many years as I've been alive. So I was hoping the years of experience would give me the answers I needed. Unfortunately, my colleague's experience was consistent with what I was finding as I searched on PubMed and the internet in general. There isn't any guide or table that provides a simple conversion between the different formulations. My colleague noted that the conversion between the different formulations is not linear as the bioavailability and pharmacokinetics of each formulation of buprenorphine are different. He did, however, give me a few clinical pearls that I found helpful. First, it sounds like a lot of the formulations of buprenorphine aim to provide the patient with plasma buprenorphine levels that are achieved when patients are on 16 milligrams of sublingual buprenorphine. So, both butrans at a dose of 10 micrograms and sublicade provide plasma levels of buprenorphine that are equivalent to 16 milligrams of sublingual buprenorphine when given daily. For sublicade, the dose is pretty fixed, but for butrans, you could certainly use this rough equivalent of 10 microgram patches being roughly equivalent to 16 milligrams of sublingual bup in a day, and then decide to go up or down on dosing of the patch based on this point of relative equivalency. My colleague also noted that most patients are on sublingual buprenorphine, so it probably makes the most sense to get really comfortable using sublingual buprenorphine, either with or without naloxone, as it's the most common formulation used. And finally, my colleague noted that sometimes it takes a little trial and error when converting between buprenorphine formulations. If you start someone on sublingual buprenorphine and need to transition to transdermal, start them on what you think is the most equivalent dose and then reassess the patient. If they are having opiate withdrawal symptoms, you need to go up on the dose with the patch. If they feel similar to when they were on sublingual buprenorphine, you've probably got the right dose. Okay, this topic, as I mentioned, has been on my bucket list for a long time. So I'm glad I was finally able to get this topic done. Let's wrap this up with some take-home points. Number one, buprenorphine is available in many formulations. It can be used for opiate use disorder, opiate withdrawal, and pain in all formulations, but each formulation is approved by the FDA for different indications. Number two, parenteral buprenorphine, also known as Buprenex, is most commonly used for pain, 
can be given IV or IM and is usually dosed at 0.3 milligrams IV or 0.3 to 0.6 milligrams IM. Number three, transdermal buprenorphine, also known as Butrans, is approved for chronic pain and patches come in various strengths from 5 micrograms per hour up to 20 micrograms per hour. A patch at a dose of 10 micrograms per hour is roughly equivalent to 16 milligrams of sublingual buprenorphine daily. Number four, buccal film buprenorphine, also known as Belbuca, is approved for chronic pain. Films are available in various strengths from 75 micrograms up to 900 micrograms and Belbuca is dosed BID. Number five, extended release subcutaneous buprenorphine, also known as Sublicade, is used for opiate use disorder. It is used in patients who are stable on sublingual buprenorphine at a dose of 8 to 24 milligrams daily for at least seven days. Dosing is 300 milligrams monthly for the first two months, then 100 milligrams monthly after that. Number six, the buprenorphine subdermal implant, also known as probufine, is no longer on the market, but was a long-acting subdermal implant that was used for the treatment of opiate use disorder. Number seven, sublingual buprenorphine, also known as Subutex, is used for the treatment of opiate use disorder and is available as either two milligram or eight milligram tablets. Number eight, there are multiple combination buprenorphine naloxone products which are used for the treatment of opiate use disorder. The most commonly used is Suboxone, which is available as films or tablets, and the most common dosage forms are 2-0.5 and 8-2. Other forms include the rapidly dissolving sublingual tablet Zubsolve and the buccal film Bunavail, which is no longer on the market. Number nine, it can be difficult to convert between different formulations of buprenorphine to find equivalent doses. There is no standard guide for converting. Manufacturer websites for each of the brand name products often have suggestions on how to dose their product based on daily morphine equivalent dose or based on sublingual buprenorphine dose. And number 10, sublingual buprenorphine, also known as Subutex, and sublingual buprenorphine naloxone, also known as Suboxone, are the most common formulations. Get comfortable using those as they can be used to treat the vast majority of patients. And that is the end of this episode. If you find this podcast helpful, please share it with a colleague. I would also love to hear what other people are doing in trying to convert between different formulations of buprenorphine. If you want to share what you are doing with the different formulations of buprenorphine in your practice, please feel free to send me an email. You can reach me at addictionemac at fastmail.com. That's addictionemac at fastmail.com. And with that, thank you for listening and thank you for what you do. And don't forget, treating substance use disorders saves lives.